Hello and welcome to another episode of But Why, the podcast that's all about digging into big questions and tricky topics by honest conversation. This week we're going to be looking at, I don't even know how to say the full word, how do you say it? Hyperemesis. Hyperemesis gravidarum. Yeah, all right. Well, that's not easy, is it? It's a mouthful. Hyperemesis is a good word. Yeah, exactly. And I'm over the moon to be talking to Chessie King. I don't even know how to describe you, Chess. I think you're amazing at being extremely honest, which I really admire, but you also remain upbeat. And it's not very easy to couple those two things together because honesty can often end up in quite like a, a bit of a downbeat place, but you don't. You're, you're chipper and honest and real. And I really love that about you. That's well done. Anyway, um, she started online. When did you start online? About eight, eight, ten years ago. Yeah, a while ago. Before Instagram was like, I didn't even know what Instagram was. I was. What did, What was your first kind kind of platform then? Where did you begin? Oh no, I did start on Instagram. I just never oh. really used social media before that, apart from Bebo and MySpace. How old were you when you started on it then? Um. How old was I? I, I was about 12, 18, 19, 18, 19. So oh, yeah, wow. about 10 years ago, 10, 10, 11 years ago, yeah. So yeah, the whole of your adulthood has been, yeah, online. Oh, and you, you started in fitness and as a presenter, really. That was your like beginnings of it all, wasn't it? Yeah, I actually started approaching people that I followed that are now my friends and I admired what they did but I kind of wanted them to show more of what was behind the photo because that was all I mean it was before video content even existed um and I approached them and said look I'm a presenter I have been following you for however long um I had had Instagram and I would love to show a day in the life of you and what's behind the brand and it was people like Alice Living, Hazel Wallace, um, Lottie Murphy, all, all people that I still uh, admire and are still in the industry. Um, and I, yeah, basically just said, oh, I basically was just a bit of a fangirl. And I was like, can I come and just like shadow you for a day and, and I'll, I'll edit everything, I'll write it for you. And yeah, I put together like a little sh- like 15 second reel for them that we couldn't show on Instagram because yeah, like I said, there was no video, and now it's all video. I didn't know that's how it began. I knew that you, that was your kind of your crew, but I didn't know that that was the 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 journey that you'd gone on. That's fascinating. But also, you were kind of trying to do something almost before it was the, as you say, there was no video, and people weren't really doing the Insta versus reality thing then because it was Insta had only just kind of established itself, hadn't it? Yeah, it, it's wild to look back and I I heard someone say, um, who was it? Oh, it was Grace Beverly. I was on a panel with her the other day and she said, if you don't look back and think, what was I doing on Instagram? <laughs> then you started too late. And I, that really resonated with me. I was like, oh my God, that's so true. Like if all the people who are doing extremely well and, and so they should be, who are, who have started maybe in the last few years, who's profiles are just pristine and immaculate and so well done that they won't look back and think oh my god what was I doing whereas oh my goodness if you have the time to scroll back through your Instagram profile and you're still scrolling for days then you know that you you started pretty early <laughs> yeah it's it's mental so for me my journey was I started as I started motherhood so again I mean you can imagine the kind of the growth that has gone on since then because as we're about to get into motherhood literally 
transforms you into a different person. So that is what, yeah, while yours has been your progress into adulthood, mine has been, yeah, documenting parenting, which is an insane it's journey, isn't it? Wild, yeah. And, and three kids later, Clemmy, and you're still here. Oh, <laughs> kind of. A sh- a, 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 yes, yeah. Um, I, I also shared, because um, I loved coming up to London when I was younger, because I, I, I grew up in East Sussex. I was in immersed in nature and um coming up to london was a huge thing for me so from like 14 15 years old when i used to come up with my parents or i came up with friends it was like i'd plan and do loads of research to find these secret places and i'd kind of unearth all these places and loads of friends used to go oh they, they used to say chess um what would you recommend for me to do with a date like on a first date and where would I where would I go after and where would I do this and I started to kind of become their little uh travel agent for London which I I I bespoke packaged up all these like places because I just loved finding out and exploring and discovering these new places um because it was so new to me and it kind of developed into secrets my my initial ck roots secrets um and I would do um yes like a uh what's it called a rating so I do like a I was quite into like healthy the healthy food and stuff which I, I still love but definitely to go the other way um and I would kind of do it from one to five bananas then I'd do one to five money bags then I would do who to come with who's it best to go with like is it best to go with family or is it definitely stay away from bringing your parents into the dungeon um like there's so many there were so many different things that I kind of added on to the list um and it starts out as just friends and family and then I started sharing it when video started so I would do I think it was 10 or 15 seconds It st- Instagram started with. I think it was 15. And I would try and cram in one place to the 15 seconds and edit it all on my iMovie. And I would use my presenting. So I'd do like a voiceover over the top, which is so weird now seeing like reels with voiceovers. I was like, oh yeah, that, that was a thing. And yeah, I have to remind myself what version I was back then. Because you forget, mm. don't you? It's, it's, it's like you just bury that, all those different versions and kind of narratives of yourself, like underneath the layers of motherhood and being a friend and being a, all of these different roles and hyphenated beings that you are. Mm. Um, and and yeah, I have to remind myself, I'm like, oh my God, I did that. I, yeah, I did secrets and I did, that's how it all started. Whereas, yeah, I'm, I'm not really a look back in the past mm. nostalgic person. I'm quite like, I'm just in it now. And then it takes me, yeah a lot of thought process to take myself back but I also think Clemmy you forget everything from your previous life when you have a child because you're like that's all I'm thinking about keeping this human alive that that is exactly what I was going to ask you because how old is Ray now oh she's one and four months I'm not a I'm not a month mum (laughs) I'm not a 50 anyway yeah you're yeah you know, almost coming up to a year and a half of, of parenting and I haven't really had a chance to say like how would you inca- if you could possibly encapsulate that experience how has it been oh my goodness I mean <laughs> it is just a another world like I stepped into new territory that I thought I would kind of know something about because that's all I've ever wanted to be a mum and I I thought I was quite equipped I thought I was emotionally ready and geez um she she helped me prove myself wrong um in all capacities like 
Um, yeah, and, and it's so bizarre, isn't it, how you have experience of looking after other well if if you do have experience of looking after family like young family or friends is chill friends is children friends children, <laughs> friends, children. Um, yeah and and I trained as a doula and I thought that that adv- that uh, experience would would help me and save me that's not the only reason I did it I did it to help my friends when they were going through it but yeah there is just so much and I think I tell myself a story of, uh, and like I, I used to hold myself up to these expectations of what I thought I would be as a mum. And then there are some days where I'm like, this is it's just shattered completely, like my expectations. Mm-hmm. Whereas there are some days, and I actually say it to myself out loud, I'm like, I think I'm being the mum that I, I thought I was going to be. And it's not, and I quite and I quite like this, but I also like the parts that I've kind of, oh, it's just wild. Yeah, I mean, you've done it three times. I don't know how, but wow. It's exactly that. I always say that the moment it gets easier is when you stop trying to scrabble back to any version of who you thought you were. And then ironically, once you do that, then it does come back, you know, and actually I think... I'm almost a decade into parenting now and my my three have now all started school this, just recently so it's a real milestone and I'm I'm almost coming back to a much younger version of myself thanks to them you know they're really making me reconnect with the bit of me that is really outdoorsy and the bit of me that yeah has got forgotten in my career to get to get in amongst it and be brave and but it but you have to let go of your expectations of yourself don't you and it's hard absolutely yeah and and I think the moment you do let go and you just kind of rediscover this new but in I have had to turn it around a lot when I feel like I've lost my identity and that Mm -hmm. was in quotation marks because I feel like you hear that a lot and in the times where I've spent most of the day in a blackout room with white noise trying to get a really to sleep and everyone's outside having the best time of their lives I then have to turn it around and go actually no this is this is just a, a almost like an encore it's a it's a bonus track of my of myself and I'm kind of this is mm. making me more resilient it's making me <laughs> more patient and it's mm. yeah the, the things that maybe I I took for granted before I, I now appreciate so so much and I'm also trying to talk to myself how I talk to Ray in the way that not just like about my body and being like not calling her pretty and beautiful all the time and calling her strong and all that but almost taking it back to just sensory things like we focus so much on especially at Aurelia's age like can you hear the acorns crunching underneath your feet and can you hear the birds and can you see the trees and where's the sky Mm. and all of that and actually I took myself on a walk yesterday and I did all of like I I almost had that like in a monologue of what would I be saying to Aurelia at this time what would I like and and I did that to myself and honestly the amount of sensory things that you block out because you're kind of just feeding it through them uh I I really enjoyed it and I was just like you said releasing that inner child and that those things that you've Mm. really locked up yeah um it's it's wild but I mean there are parts of me that yeah yeah (laughs) 
It's, it is wild. And it, it's such a, I mean, you must have had it now when you then see friends who get pregnant for the first time or have, a, you know, now you've had one, you're like, like you're very happy for them, but you also do that. Wow. They have got this huge um, journey coming. And, and, I, and I, as you touched on the beginning, you can be as prepared as you, you can be utterly prepared and still never be prepared because until you're living it and the, and the relentlessness of it, you know, that's the thing I think, you could never realize before is it it's that i'll just do this again and again and again and again and again for infinity yeah it's, it's really mind-boggling and i think there's no other thing in life really that you know you can always leave a job you can always leave a relationship really even a marriage but once you're a parent that's that's a gift for life isn't it that's so true it's it's like a permanent yeah a permanent job title that you will then that evolves every single day and yeah they, it's it, it's it's a huge huge um progression in life but it also sometimes feel like you're taking a step back in your in your in your work life and in your it's I I'm mm. constantly battling between um do I pay someone to look after my child whether that be nursery or a uh, a childminder or someone else to look after my child in this phase of her life when she is a she's just taking everything on and I feel like my role in her life right now is to be her brain developer and to really mm-hmm. just try and almost be what um I wish I had at that age which which I'm not saying I, I didn't have it I'm just trying to go back to what would I have wanted at one and a half years old? And I just want to learn from my mom, from other people to, I try and take her to just different surroundings, different places. And then I'm battling between that and paying someone else to look after my child. And I'm every mother feels this when they go back to work Mm. or if they don't, if, if, if they don't go back to work, then they feel this when they go back to being in a friendship group or in every scenario so yeah do do I do that and do I then work the hours that I want to when I am away from her oh it's it, 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 I think every single mum has that narrative and yeah it's, yeah it, it's a mix of the guilt but also the wanting to liberate yourself from that identity as just a mum because mm. you want so many more little branches you're you're the tree the mummy tree but you have so many more branches and things that you want to explore and even in that time that you do have help which obviously is invaluable having that help do you then use it to just work or do you use it to do stuff that you want to do and Mm. that is the that that is another little battle but they are what we're where I'm very I'm so lucky to be to be able to battle through those because I'm so lucky to be able to work, but also to be able to have a child. Yeah, exactly that. That's always the caveat. I know I'm grateful. I know I'm fortunate. But it, it yeah, it, it's it's not knowing how to juggle your time and like does it does having doing other things for yourself make you a better parent? Yes, but how much of that? How much should should you do? How much should you give to them? And it, it, it's a, yeah, there is no right answer, is there? You, it's a constant feeling out job, and then and also I always think with parenting, the moment you think, yeah, I've really got this. Actually, I'm doing really well at it. They do a whole different curveball. <laughs> yeah, like, like, all right, no, that bit that I've just learned is irrelevant. <laughs> 
absolutely. I can play that to the next one, maybe. But I also, and I, and I do have to really check in with myself to open up to Matt. And, and I've always tried to be in the six years that I've been with Matt as honest as I can. But then there's so much that you say, oh, I have an honest communication, but I really, I really catch myself when I'm holding things in. And a lot of that, mm. and I'm sure every parent has felt it maybe with the opposite partner or if you're doing on your own then you have it with friends or family members but I really struggled at the beginning with Matt's freedom with 11 months of breastfeeding and exclusively breastfeeding and her not taking anything else I I would watch him leave the door I leave that leave the house sorry and go through the front door and be like how do you get mm. to leave me whilst I'm here and I would I would play the victim and I, and I did that a lot in my head and I'd go oh well Matt can work Matt can go out for a run and Matt can go mm. do the marathon and Matt can do all that but then it I mean it was probably around a year that I went actually maybe it coincides with l- letting her not letting her but her taking a bottle or whatever mm. doing something else not just my tits um I then thought actually I'm gonna do that and it's not Mm. that I can't is that I'm I'm stopping myself like Mm. I I would go oh no well maybe actually like Matt would go well why don't you go to the gym I go oh no don't worry she probably needs me or or actually I'll I'll Mm. uh, it's all right I'll go tomorrow and I realized that I was putting up those limitations and those boundaries and that Mm. was me like no one else was telling me I couldn't that was just me and I really had to kind of let go of that um it wasn't an anger, but it was definitely definitely a festering jealousy, which I've never felt mm. jealous in my life before. I gen- I genuinely have been brought up to not feel that jealousy because my parents have said, well, if they have it, why don't you go do that? Or you try and do that. Mm-hmm. So like, as in if, if anyone can do it, you can do it. So that has been a massive shift in the last few months for me. And I actually, I, I had therapy for it because I... I, I wrote on my little therapy f- consultation form. It said, what's the main reason for you being here? And it was around 10, 11 months of, of Aurelia being here. And I just said, I, I want to be my husband. And I want that freedom that he has that I seem to have just lost. And it felt in that moment so unachievable. And it felt like I only had half an hour here or half an hour there. And it just wasn't mm. enough. So that's been massive for me. And and friends that are going through it right now, I say, I promise you, there is a switch that you have to make mentally. No one else is going to do it for you. You have to go, I'm capable of that. And I can actually do that, even if I'm on a time limit in between breastfeeding or whatever. Um, Mm. But that, I don't think that's just mothers. I think that's everyone that sets themselves boundaries and limitations. I don't know about you, but I think what I found, and I completely relate to what you're saying, what I found difficult is you go from, you know, in both our cases, having quite big careers and, you know, traveling, doing all the stuff. And then 10 months later, I'm struggling to have the confidence to go into central London to have lunch with my friends. And you're just like, how, how, how have I become this person? And you're right unfortunately or, or fortunately I don't know which way to look at it you do have to make that switch but I also do wonder whether that's something quite clever in nature that we do need to be quite close to our kids in the beginning that that, that, that our worlds do need to shrink 
and it you know because I always remember I could never get my brain together to reply to a text but maybe that's quite clever that's maybe that is just saying be here be here and I guess when you've done this a few times you have the confidence to know that it will piece back together it's very similar to your body to be honest it it will get come back to something that you recognize to be yours but it but it's just a slow journey edging out of it I love your your posts about fitness and well, no, not just fitness it's more than just fitness but your strength and your weightlifting and all of that is just incredibly like you don't realize how m- many people see that Clemmy and go if she can do it I can do it mm. like honestly no I love it because you just it's so uh, just I, 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 I hate the like everyone uses the word empowering but it really does make you it gives you that fire and go right uh, yeah you know what I'm gonna do that I'm gonna try I'm gonna try that because Clemmy's doing it so mm. I I'm gonna try it it's, it's honestly amazing thank you and I mean I think and the important piece of that is it's it's finally finding a way of training that isn't for the way that I look and you, you get a, a byproduct of that and I, I'm not pretending that I don't want to look toned and feel well but I think that also can be missed in the body positive conversation that you can still strive to want your body to feel like it's functioning well, um, you know, and being able to be strong is is really useful. Pornabella always talks about you need to be able to carry your suitcase down from the top of the stairs. Like you need to, we're, as we were talking about off mic, we're moving house this weekend. I really need to be able to lug this furniture as, around as well. And so I think any fitness that is functional especially as a parent often I've got a scooter a child a backpack you know you have to strength is a really useful skill for for parenting and for life isn't it it really is and I didn't quite realize just how much yeah power you need to keep up with a toddler to keep up with the, just just the demands of like the house, like mm. running up and down the stairs with laundry and doing like, I mean, honestly, our laundry baskets, I'm sure yours are far worse and far heavier, but it's like lifting a 40 kilogram deadlift bar. Deadlift bar? You can tell I haven't deadlifted in a while. Um, <laughs> what, what the big bar's called? Just a big bar. <laughs> barbell. Or de- barbell. Yeah, you're trying you. to say a D-ball or a barbell. Um, but yeah that that I mean it's just like another level of of like you said it's functional fitness it's not it's really not like I want to fit into that dress because it makes me feel amazing I'd much prefer to not fit in that dress and be able to keep up with Ray and push the pram up a massive hill that and, and and if no one offers help with the pram down a big flight of stairs, then I I'm, I yeah. can do it. I can absolutely do that. Yeah. I'm not going to drop her. So yeah, that that has been a really really um, a, a new found yeah. Wait, a really really what was I trying to say? My brain's also <laughs> quite frightful, so can't not We're fine. We're holding it together. <laughs> Um, we haven't talked at all about hyperemesis, which is what I want to talk to you about mainly, although we're just going to talk about general parenting. But at what stage in the pregnancy did did this, this sickness kick in? And, and at what stage did you think, oh, maybe this is more than just the thing that everyone talks about in terms of morning sickness? Um, it was a, it was in lockdown. Uh, well, I was pregnant the whole of lockdown three and it was I think around seven eight weeks that I had been sick 
25 times and I called I've never called 111 before um I'm one of those oh I'm sure everyone else needs it more than me um and I have never heard of hyperemesis gravidarium I thought it was a spell when I first heard it and anyway I couldn't speak to the guy on the phone the paramedic on the phone because I was being sick <laughs> ironically um so Matt then took the call and um yeah the guy just said if you're not able to take even a sip of water and I hadn't eaten for well I had tried to eat but it all come up um then we need to get you in for fluids and we need to get you in and I was like I don't want to go in hospital especially with COVID and stuff like people need it people mm. need the beds so I said look if I'm still sick throughout the night I will go in tomorrow morning but I just don't want to go in now um and I, I said I'm sure it's fine I'm sure it's food poisoning or something and then yeah, I left it even though I was still being sick. And I, from, yeah, from week seven to the day I had her, and actually after I had her, which was quite funny because everyone said, as soon as she's out, it will stop. <laughs> I was sick all oh, over myself. I just had a cesarean, so I obviously couldn't move. And I had her in my arms, and I was just, oh, it was horrible. But um, yeah, I was sick up to, yeah, 25 times a day. And, um, the only reason I ever counted it is because the doctors said you need to you need to tally it up. And I was in hospital three times. One of them was I thought I'd cracked a rib um, because the pain was so severe. I couldn't even breathe. Um, genuinely, the most pain I think I've ever been in. Um, but they said that I would torn an intercostal muscle and like ripped it off the bone, um, ripped, ripped it off wherever part it attaches. And that was because I... I been retching well my body had obviously taken the brunt of it so much that yeah that it had obviously just had enough and snapped so then that was around 16 weeks that I had that and then I had to obviously go through till 39 weeks um five days um so yeah over half of my pregnancy was with a torn intercostal and with a baby growing inside you <laughs> pushing on it there's no chance for repair. So that was horrendous. Um, yes. So it was it was it was a joy. No, do you know what, Clemmy? I it it actually upsets me to think about and I was speaking to my siblings about this the other day. Um I I, I really, really wanted before I got pregnant with Aurelia, I really, really wanted if I was lucky enough to have an army of children. Like that's all I've ever wanted to have a lot of children. And I'm one of three and three would just be unbelievable for me. Um, but I was saying to my brother and sister the other day, I would hate to deny Aurelia a sibling because of my sickness, but the chances of me having it again in pre in um, future pregnancies is quite high. I don't know the percentage, um, but it actually scares me so much. Not the thought of not being able to look after Ray whilst being sick and mm. knowing that I could potentially be in hospital again for in and out for nine months, but it upsets me so much that I can't necessarily I, I could be done with Aurelia because of the hyperemesis mm. and if I was lucky enough to get pregnant again the thought of it actually it really scares me because it was the most horrendous thing um that I had gone through and now when I hear someone being sick or I'm sick myself which I had a sickness bug last week um it it was honestly like the tr I didn't realize how affected I am 
I am still um, from the amount of times I was sick. My, I remember just before we went in for our COVID test before the cesarean and um, the doctor said, oh, so how many times have you been sick? And I couldn't answer. But Matt said, uh, probably over 300 times. And the doctor just could not believe it. He was like, I haven't been sick 300 times in my life, let alone Mm. in nine months. (laughs) When I've done research about this, one thing I see over and over again, and I can only imagine where people's heads are at when they're searching, but people not being able to get the medical intervention that they need. Did you you get help that you needed when you needed it? Not when I first went to A&E. And I mean, I was sitting in, in the waiting room being sick whilst I was thinking oh no, maybe I should just go home I, I, I'm i fine at home it's safe at home um but Matt was like you need fluids like you haven't had anything my wee Clemmy was they made me do a wee sample and I sat on the toilet for about 25 minutes and nothing nothing was coming out because I obviously hadn't drunk anything and then finally this tiny thing it looked like a shot of beer it was gross. It was like, oh, it's disgusting because I was so dehydrated. Anyway, they then when I when I got in, um, they didn't hook me up to any fluids. They didn't give me anything for a long time because the guy, um, the the man who was in charge of the shift or the ward, he was on shift. Sorry for the ward. Um, the doctor he said. Um, we can't, you can't prove to us you're pregnant. And I said, oh no, I've got a six week scan because we had an early scan. He said, no, that doesn't prove to us because it's not an NHS 12 week scan. And so we think it's just food poisoning and your body's just reacting to something you've eaten. And I said, oh, I I, honestly, I haven't eaten anything for two days and food poisoning as I, as I know, obviously not going against your medical um, uh, expertise, but um, I, yeah, I thought food poisoning was four hours like after eating and I haven't eaten for two days. So anyway, he denied everything. I said, oh, can I have anti-sickness medication? He said no. Um, and yeah, all, all he just wasn't wasn't helpful. And it was a shame because I was still being sick and he just said it's food poisoning. Anyway, then he swapped, swapped, he swapped shifts with this lovely nurse and um she immediately saw how dehydrated I was she like put everything in put a massive pillow of liquids so that was yeah the initial um help uh, took a lot for me to ask and then when I did actually get there he basically turned turned me away and said you've got food poisoning um but there was there, there were times where yeah they would they would be amazing it just depended on who who the medical person was at at the time in the hospital um but there are there are so many helplines now I think um I'm not gonna lie I didn't use any of them because I was just I I didn't even have the energy to pick up the phone to speak to someone on a helpline when I was being sick and then the other times I just thought oh I'm fine I just want I don't want to think about it there were days where I would take Mm. my anti-sickness medication in the morning and it would just stay down and that would be like a oh a dream day um whereas yeah there were other days like everyone but I also think a lot of people say oh but yes you had it so rough during pregnancy and you had um I, I just can't imagine how difficult it was and I say well a lot of people have difficult conception journeys and a lot of people have difficult births and I just got the middle bit I got a difficult middle bit but 
it doesn't make it any harder than anyone else's pregnancy and and mm. and like journey to motherhood so yeah there's 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 so many different things that mums can face but that's not taking away from how extreme hg can be yeah and i think it's one of those there's a lot of different versions of this but where people say oh morning sickness and you know and don't get me wrong i had morning sickness it was unpleasant it was very unpleasant but these couldn't be too you know they're absolutely worlds apart and i think it can it can get misconstrued as that, can't it? It can. And I think that people that don't know what HD is, then you have to forgive them and say, well, actually, it's almost, yeah, being naive to what HD is. And obviously it's at another end of the scale compared to morning sickness. And I didn't didn't know what I was labelling my sickness, morning sickness, before I even knew what the the term hg and it's funny because one of my and she didn't mean it horribly in any way but one of my aunties said oh you're so lucky you've got what um the uh, princess has yeah sorry yeah what is she now she's got yeah i want to say kate middleton but catherine she's got she's been upgraded oh duke of duke of cambridge and wales no i should really know yeah she's the princess of wales now she's the princess of wales not duke She's not. No, she'd never been the Duke. She was the Duke of Cambridge. No, she's Duke, now the, the Duchess. It is. It is Princess of Wales now. I think. Oh my god. Well, that's new, isn't it? Yes. Sorry. So what? So can I start that again? Because that was just awful. I just, I just basically no. obliterated no. Our, our queen. On. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Like, she's not the queen. No, she's definitely not. She. So my answer is: could be your queen. You're so lucky to have what she has. And um, I was like, oh, I'm lucky to be sick 25 times a day, am I? <laughs> Fantastic. But no, uh, it, it was it was horrendous, but um, it's, I mean, it, it, it's over. It's over. It was nine months of, yeah. yes, lovely deliciousness. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm sorry. Do you find it traumatic talking about it? No, no, no. I mean, okay to talk about it. Absolutely. I really want to talk about it because I, I wish that I'd listened to something like this beforehand um, just to be aware of it. Um, but no, no, I just, <laughs> the, the sound of someone being sick is traumatic, not talking about it. Um, yeah. I, and, and I also would say the amount of times that I denied how ill I really was and Matt would go, Chess, come on, you've really, you've really got to get some liquids in you. Um, I, I kept on putting it off and I wish, and now I know that if I did go through it again or people that are saying oh, I'm, I'm being sick X amount of times and it's more than just in the morning, um, then I would definitely just urge you to go get seen by a oh. medical expert because you can put it off and off and off, but it's, it's, it's just, it's like, people people are tortured by not drinking uh, not being able to drink water or not being able to eat anything and it's a form of self-torture if you're limiting yourself to not going into hospital so go get seen you have to you have yeah um Susie Verrill Greg Rutherford's uh, partner did who suffered with HGV and had three kids so hero to her but she she's she does an amazing video where she does a like uh, follows herself with it for a week and unfortunately, she, her, in her pregnancy, she found the smell of her children made her sick. Um, and 
yeah, which might, might not be very nice for you to hear. Sorry, Jess. But and then she's just like you set talking about these safe foods and that you can only eat basically one thing for months and months and months, and then not even some people can't even clean their teeth, can they? Because it it makes them sick. Yeah, there are there are just so many so many triggers that people would say to me now, like, oh, I couldn't have this, and I couldn't even smell that and and still to this day and it really upsets me Clemmy because I used to love black cod like the thought oh my god even saying black cod makes me feel funny I she can't. oh my god so for my birthday Matt took me so I was it was two weeks before having Aurelia he took me out for a lovely meal I had not eaten out for so long because normally I would just yeah <laughs> no one wanted to see that in a restaurant um and I thought I feel so much better today we're going out for a lovely meal and um I ordered black card <laughs> let's just ah, oh, that that experience was honestly horrendous I ended up um blocking the sink of the loo and they had to then close the entire toilet off um and I will never ever ever look at look or smell black cod in that way and I used to love it so much and it is quite a fancy food isn't it I wouldn't have it often I wouldn't have black cod for breakfast but my goodness I, I don't think I'll ever go back to that restaurant again because and they 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 thought I was hungover that's what I got a lot people thought I was hungover mm. because I'd be sick on walks like in the bin and Matt would go oh god on the we were in Wales Matt's family and I was only 11 weeks pregnant so we hadn't even we'd gone to Wales to tell his family and we were on this massive hill that just wouldn't stop going up to the top of the mountain and um I said to him I was like can we just pull over can we pull over because otherwise I would have been sick outside and as I as we pulled over there was a group of about 20 cyclists going up this hill and I was by the side of the road so they they were cycling in between the car and me I was by the side <laughs> being sick and Clemmy I was like I I need a toilet I need a toilet because it wouldn't just be sickness and um anyway all of the all of them they were like a lad cycling group and they were like oi big night last night and I was like oh no no got a baby in me not not working out it's not it's just not working out so yeah it would always be a hungover state did does it give you diarrhea then as well as being sick? It can, Isn't yeah. It just... Yeah, it's it's all all of it. Um yeah. So your body's just rejecting it's your body's just trying to rid itself of what's it I mean, what is the science of I, it? Do you know? Honestly, don't think I know enough about it, even though I went through it. Um I think it's a reaction to the hormones, but I can't don't 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 quite like don't take my word on the least medical person ever. No, but I, yeah, I mean, even morning sickness is that feeling, isn't it, of, of things just being absolutely repellent to you. So it, it, it's funny, isn't it? Your body just has, has misfired in a way, hasn't it? Yeah, it, I don't know what yeah, sets it off, it, but anyway, we are... Did you... You you survived? Yes. Do you feel like it taught you anything about yourself other than to avoid black fog? Black, <laughs> black fog! Black cod. Um, <laughs> you know what? It told me that I am so apologetic, even when I shouldn't be. Like every time I was sick, I'd apologise to Matt. I'd be like, "I'm so sorry that you have to see me like this," and he'd be like, "I'm so sorry that you've just been sick twenty times." Um, it it really taught me how handy having a toilet next to a bath is. That's very handy. 
um and yeah it's no genuinely though it's I'm never going to be a two under two mum I mean I think I've missed that boat already um I would have had to be pregnant by now um but I'm just not I, I appreciate why people do two under two and I and I see that there's there's some sort of pros there but I'm just not I I honestly if if we go if we try again um then I would want probably about four or five years because I have to do mm. it I, I have to think logistically and think right Ray's got to be at school so that if I am sick I can still look after her hopefully and yeah there's lots of little logistics but I don't know I might not have it again I might have the easiest smoothest unsickiest pregnancy let's hope you might. hopefully in five years we'll probably yeah. just forget what sick is I can't believe you were sick even after you gave birth. So how long did it take to um, ease up? Um, I was still taking Not my yet. tablets for set about seven days. So a week after, I was still taking my anti-sickness tablets because I'd wake up. At, well, I wouldn't even wake up because I wouldn't have gone to sleep. Um, but I think that was just from sheer exhaustion. Like, you know, that sickness that you get that you're like, I can't, I'm depleted in it every way. Um, so, yes, I... Yeah, I, 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 I was sick the the day off, so just before the cesarean and then just after and then yeah, um but but I see it's funny, I now look back on the nine months and I'm like oh it's pretty hilarious actually. Like the amount it's it was disgusting and yeah, I, I I would love to be able to film it if I go through it another and uh, the next time so that people who are going through it can see and go, Okay, well she did nine months. I I can do it because I've heard a lot of stories that mm. terminate or um yeah just can't can't do it anymore, which is extremely sad. But that's the extent it takes you to. Mm. Did you very much just say right day by day, or was it even shorter than that? Were you trying to just get through hours? Uh, that's that that must be the hard thing, just seeing these weeks ahead of you. Yeah, the hourly survival method was was used I, I I would always get to so my Monday was like my my turnover day for weeks and I'd always get to that and be like right I am another week closer to meeting her but also another week closer to not going through this this sickness but then the days that I felt great which was very rare I would honestly be I appreciate the energy so much more that I think I lived all of my happiness of being pregnant inside those tiny tiny increments um those those rare days that I did feel good um yeah so I I never said I hate this I hate this I I would always just come back to it's yeah giving her I'd feel guilty for not enjoy not not enjoying it because I was still doing the sickness enjoying kind of um but I would I'd feel guilty for what it was doing to her. So every time I was sick, especially as I got bigger and, and obviously being sick with a bump, I'd just hold on to her and be like, I just hope this isn't affecting you. Um, but as we know, as mothers, they suck everything, all the nutrients and all our goodness <laughs> from us. So she was getting everything she needed um, and they would check her a lot. And yeah, she was fine. But anyone that is going through it, I would just try and rally around the best support team possible, whether that be friends, family, um, uh, midwives that listen to you and hear you and and support teams that are out there like 
Um, I'm sure there's a hyperemesis pregnancy support line and, and yeah, finding people that have been through it because they're the only ones that understand. Mm. It's where the internet is is unbelievably useful, isn't it? Because I always think in, you know, our parents' generation or our grandparents' generation when there would have been people suffering with this, that would have been yeah. so lonely, wouldn't it? Oh, I can't even imagine. And not having that medical support. I feel like I've said medical so many times, but that, that yeah, <laughs> yeah. like no one's, <laughs> no one's going to have you drip, like on a drip in 1920s. Are there, were there drips available? <laughs> Stick a water bottle <laughs> in the <like, laughs> Oh, no. I, We're showing I, ourselves I, to have quite patchy knowledge of a lot of things, aren't we? <laughs> The monarchy and the uh, NHS. No, thank you. <laughs> my my kids are like obviously at the point when they've got homework and then they'll come back with a subject, so like geography, and I'm like, yeah, that that's one for your dad. And then they're like, oh, uh, like, <laughs> oh yeah. like, yeah, I'll study. And they're like, mommy, what do you know about? I'm like, well, I know a lot about stuff that's now, popular culture, and. <laughs> and oh, like, I, I can tell you about your feelings yeah, but yeah, I just I don't, I don't understand emotionally um, can you explain to me why it's called but why it's, it's based on kids so that thing when they go you, you give them an answer and, and they go but why yeah. and then you give them another answer and they go but why and you're like oh you've literally had all of my knowledge there I haven't got anything else <laughs> no <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's that's. Perfect. It's like you've exhausted it. Yeah, I'm not. That's that it. But, <laughs> no, it comes and like the emotional stuff. I love like all the theories and things, but I don't know about different types of rocks. I couldn't. I didn't like it in my time when I did geography. <laughs> let alone. That's true. Can you remember the different types of rocks? Oh, like, phosphorus. I don't remember what we only called. know phosphorus. <laughs> but I also think no, like they, these like they're so many books and so many themes of parties and all of this is about dinosaurs. And I think like yes, it's amazing that we're learning about dinosaurs and all the different types. But shouldn't we be teaching them stuff that's actually like alive, like alive and and here right now I don't know like I yeah anyway I can't I really can't I yeah Ryan really liked the dinosaurs and I'm like god I just really can't connect with this <laughs> I just really it's like vaguely interesting There's but so it just doesn't I mean, blow my boat yeah no I, I'm looking forward to that stage but at the moment it's literally just more 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 book 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 and and the way she says it and her little mouth, I'm like, oh, but then when it gets mummy, mummy, this, this, that's that's gonna be like, okay. <laughs> I meant to know all the planet, right? Yeah. Uh yes. Yeah, exactly. At least we have the internet now, so you can kind of uh, dig around for <laughs> some stuff. Also, my eldest is has just started doing spellings and one of them was circumnavigate. And I'm like, Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm I'm out. No, <laughs> absolutely not. What is how many I can't spell that. Is that? No, we won't we will not be doing any of that but it's, as we say it's it's all phases I'm trying to think of a way to wrap up about if you had one piece of advice for yourself even kind of at the beginning of pregnancy or at the, like immediately after Aurelia had been born what would you like what bit of advice would you go back and give yourself I wish that I hadn't believed the stories that I was kind of telling myself about myself I would I, that sounds really wordy, but I, I would tell myself a story that I should be, I should know what I'm doing. I, should, I shouldn't I should be having sore 
nipples from breastfeeding because I, I learned about this and I did all of the, I, I did everything that people told me to do. Um, and that's why I created Babyhood because I honestly wanted to get all four experts that helped me through my early days and early weeks and set my foundation of like support and knowledge from it from very very early on um in sleep a feeding brain and body and I wanted to bring them all to people's houses without having to pay the consultant fees that they are so worth the money for um they're, they're valued at the, the price that they should be but people can't afford 250 pound for an hour feeding consultation so I tried to bring everyone in all four experts and and create an online course for new parents that they could just watch every single day before the baby was born or after and um and have that knowledge and and that that support like the experts were in the room with you um because I I would just some days all I would need is a message from Anna, who was the head of the sleep side, going, how was your night? And just someone to listen to that answer, which was always the same, just didn't sleep. Um, that was, <laughs> <laughs> how was my night? I mean, it was basically the day. Um, yeah, it would. It, that's that's exactly what I needed. So I tried to basically create a an instruction manual for this baby that is in your hands that you've just been sent home from the hospital with. Um, and yeah, I've uh, the amount of parents that have said that's just saved me. And and yeah, yeah, it's it's something that I really wanted to create so it's accessible and affordable for people who need it. And I think every parent needs it. So yeah, there's. Um, that that was that was the uh, my advice would be to yes yeah, to take all the help that I was offered because I turn away turn it away a lot because um, I think I could do it and actually I probably would have been a lot better off with all of those extra hands I know I would have been a lot better off yeah that's a real I mean it's that's where I think. Um parenting then becomes a lesson for life because why is it so hard to ask for help but it is mm. and 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 I think it gets you to a point where you've got no choice but to ask for help you know a lot of the rest of my life I kind of coped I kind of managed through and then you're like actually I haven't got this I can't I, I can't just keep going I need to reach out to people who know or for someone just to say yeah hang in there it will be okay eventually yeah that's what you need to hear isn't it but then in in that yeah. moment when people are saying it gets better you're like but when <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't want to hear it gets better I want it to get better now <gasps> oh that's it isn't it yeah. um and then one final question is which I always end with if you could have an honest conversation with one person who would it be and what would you say oh an honest conversation I would love <laughs> I would love to speak to the person that pulled Aurelia out <laughs> of my cesarean, of uh, the sunroof, and go, what, what did you do down there? What, what have you done to my body? There's seven layers cut through. How did you do it? And um why did you leave two seconds after and go do the next one surely you wanted to just <laughs> stay and chat and ask me how I feel um no <laughs> that's mm. a shocking answer I should have chosen it's to not. Martin Luther King or something 
No, <laughs> no. I had, um, I can't think of what her actual name is, but the chief shepherdess, she said she wanted to have it with her dog. So you're fine. That's I think it's great. Was- That's a great answer. Yeah, no, there's more, there's, there's more people I'd like to talk to you about. But for now, I'd like, that would be a nice conversation, I'm sure. But he just left. He was gone. I was like, Matt, who did it? Who did the, the whole procedure? He's like, oh, this guy who literally walked in, did it. And handed over the baby to someone else and walked out and did the next one. I was like, how do you do that? As a, I just couldn't as a human, just, it's so transactional for them, isn't it? But then for you, Mm. the first time you've ever been through this and um, yeah, I'd also love a conversation. I think that's a good answer, Chess. Thanks. I think it's a good answer because it's like life, it's a life changing moment for you and for them it's a uh, transaction. But I think that there's a bridging the gap that would close that so it doesn't feel quite such so much like that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's a good answer. Thanks. Well done. Thanks. Thank you. Congratulations. 10 out of 10. Cami, thank you so much. You have honestly had so many incredible people on the podcast and I always listen to the episodes. I'm like, I just love that like, it feels like I'm just sitting in your living room or in your box, your cardboard box. And um, <laughs> I'm sorry, no, give some context of that. It's not a cardboard box. What's I'm in a, no, I'm in a co-working space. Now. Co-working space. There we go. Mm. Stunning. Can you show all your co-workers? No, I mean, they have to listen to me back, rabbit on about this shit. <laughs> I hope they've all got headphones in. <laughs> At least um, no, thank you for a lovely chat, Jess. Like We've met a few times in real life and it, yeah, you're you're very easy to connect with, but it's nice to have a, a full hour of your, your brain and I'm just going to continue to laugh about us not being able to name, I can't think what she's called now, the Princess of Wales. The Princess of Wales. Well, we know her real name, so that's all that matters. Um, Clemmy, thank and you look, so much. She's... You know, you tell, oh, you tell me. She's no. got three kids. Yeah, she's got three kids, and she went through. You think she went so through? So she'll that. understand. She'll understand. She'll get it exactly. She, when she listens to this back, she'll go, "It's okay, girls. You know what? Don't worry. We'll get it to her." <laughs> I can't remember. because my name. Well, my name isn't even confusing. But often when they, if I'm in a shop and they ask me to spell my name, I have to really like really like close my eyes and think it's like oh how has my brain got to this I was sharp once upon a time (laughs) also people thought that I was going to call Aurelia Clementine did they yeah because oranges oh because of the little orange yeah and we love we always say oh Matt's my orange and I wanted a tiny orange and then everyone's going oh you're going to call her Clementine I was like that would be amazing actually but I'd already chosen Aurelia yeah, that, well, you you did miss a trick on the theming there. I know. I'm so sorry. Matt actually says that his hair isn't orange or ginger; it's African sunset. Huh. So to all the, all the bullies that would go, "Oh, you're ginger," he'd go, "No, no, no, I'm absolutely not. I'm African sunset." If you see on the chart, <laughs> sounds like a, a pharaoh and bull shade. Lovely, lovely Chessie King. I knew it'd be a, a, a warm chat, but she's just so down to earth. I love the fact that when I asked her a hyperlucent question, like what did um, hyperemesis teach you, I thought that she wanted to have a toilet near the bath. That is a, a brilliant answer. I can't even comprehend what it would be like to have hyperemesis. The thought of being sick 25 times a day scares the life out of me. But as she said, there were still good days between that. Ray is a worthwhile exchange and most importantly there is there is support that you can get there is intervention there are people who have been through it um, 
there are many brilliant helplines. We'll get one or several for the show notes. And I think Chess and I are both an example of how motherhood is an extremely wild journey, which teaches you a lot about yourself, not always in ways that are comfortable, but ultimately in ways that I do think are brilliant. We just have to keep on keeping on. So thank you so much for joining me. That's another episode of But Why Under Wraps. Join me next week for more honest conversation. Come over and find me on Instagram. It's at But Why Podcast. Also, if you want to send an email, I'm grateful for those. But Why at Clemmy Telford. I am now off to try and get my head around the fact that I really aren't. I'm not in the baby years anymore. My youngest. Greta is now at school. I have three kids in education, which on the one hand basically makes me feel like I've completed parenting. But also, it's just mind-blowing. Whoever said the, um, the days are long but the years are fast when it comes to raising kids was very, very accurate. You spend those early days looking at the clock, waiting for your partner to come home, and the next thing you know, they're all at school asking you about different kinds of rock and... It happened in the blink of an eye. Anyway, I'm rambling. Catch you next week. Goodbye.